I am Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games. And today we talk about roleplay scenes. And as always, we're going to try and focus on the roleplay. I mean, it's a roleplay scene, so I don't think we have an option here. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to strive to get better at roleplay together. Nice. First, how are you, Matt? It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. I'm a, I have another kid now. I think this oh. is the first time we record since uh, <laughs> since baby number two found found his way uh, into our family. So I'm I'm good. That that's kind of why there's been a bit of a hiatus too. I think we missed a couple of weeks of, of of episodes. So so thank you, listeners, for your for your patience. I'm hoping we can stick to a regular schedule at least until I go back to work. Uh, <laughs> Unforgivable. <laughs> uh but yeah and that's also why we uh we're recording at 11:30 in the morning and my voice is like this if you guys notice that it's a bit more low than usual yeah <laughs> kids life great <laughs> it just uh, they get in the way of role playing games am i right i know guys? right <laughs> it's like uh, like right now is the playoff um, like the hockey playoffs and my my dad called me yesterday and was like oh there's a game today and it might be the you know like the last game of the stanley cup yeah and uh i was like well i have to show you how my buddies don't really are into sport and we're all meeting and we're playing a role-playing game <laughs> <laughs> and he's like just like what the you know we're definitely the weird people oh yeah the uh, good hey, weird gotta people. embrace the weirdness right um Gotta embrace the weirdness. Except if you're so weird that you don't know what a roleplay scene is. Am I right, Chris? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, seemingly, some people on Twitter... Oh, I'm, I'm oh, shooting daggers there. I've, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not the one managing the Twitter, so I guess I can't <laughs> be the one, like... I'm just, I'm just, I'm just taking fun jabs at, at Twitter a little bit there. But, but yeah, no, we did a poll... Uh, I did a poll a while ago talking about role-playing scenes. Uh, and, you know, before we get to the results of that poll, actually, my inspiration for that poll was actually mainly because we finally started playing in person again. And m I want to say 90% of the two games that we played, Chris, were like a collection of role-play scenes. I feel like that's probably an accurate estimation of... Yeah, of I mean, it's hard sometimes because there was a lot of exploration uh, not a lot. Some exploration, but the exploration were always like you go in one room, you find this thing, and then there was a scene to address it, and then you. Mm. So it was kind of, but yeah, we could. There's definitely no combat, that's for sure, and exploration was um, definitely less than 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 roleplay scenes, and it's been interesting to me because it's been uh, there was a lot of thing to wrap up or like to address because we've just came from playing on a computer which all the only scenes we would do were the scenes that were kind of needed because yeah. it's harder to do and then we and it did that last summer too when after the the, the little like pandemic hiatus before the summer where when we come back people are like okay i have so many things that i want to address that i was not going to do in the computer but now and then it's just scene 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 scenes and the story, even though it gets it gets deeper, it doesn't really advance that much because it's it slows down, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially when we're addressing uh, a lot of little things, and I and I feel like we were also a little bit rusty, right? Like at least I felt like it was a little bit harder for me to be active in my listening, looking for openings, and uh, looking for moments to gift give. It felt different. Than playing online because when we're playing online it most of our scenes were one-on-one -on -one, right whereas here you know we're all sitting around the table it, it wasn't uncommon for us to have three or four characters involved including like maybe an npc but three or four characters involved in a scene and, and that balancing act of having up what i would consider a successful scene felt harder and i think that that was part of what slowed it down um i don't know if you felt that too yeah, I mean, it's hard. I think the way I felt it is because as an NPC, and you are always pretty much with one or two NPC 
in those two games, which one was kind of like a um, how do you say that? Like a defenseless LP NPC, and the other one was almost like a guide a little bit NPC. So I had like both of like the person who can help you with your things and the person who's useless, but still I want to establish what she wants. And anyway, so I felt like I had no space to jump in with NPCs. Where where on on um, on the computer, I. I felt like I, I was the my maestro. I felt like, you know, everybody was coming to me to be like, okay, I'd like to have a scene. And then I would like orchestrate the scene. And then I would put the NPC where I think it like worked. Now outside, I felt like I lost a little bit of the control, which was fine because I had a blast looking at you, like doing your scenes, but there was no more space. So I can, I can, now that you point, point, point it out, I can sympathize with a player wanting to like, you know, having an agenda in the role play scene atmosphere was already full, right? There, was, there wasn't a lot of space to jump in with like new information or to really uh, pin down one subject. I feel like when you, when someone wanted to go like, okay, let's go deeper in this one, there was a bunch of other small things floating around. Mm -hmm. Probably would have been, and maybe that is where you call rusty i don't know but that's that's the way i felt at least in terms of like saturation of uh role play scenes if you want so that's a good point now that you say like that i think that's definitely part of it right it's it's the depth of our role play doesn't match what it once was it, it doesn't even match it doesn't i don't think it matched what we were doing online actually to be completely honest however it has potential to be so much more right when you're oh, in yeah. a table the potential is infinitely more but um anyway so so that that brought me to twitter that brought me to to talk about because because i did feel that our scenes maybe went a little bit longer than they did normally um and I was like, I wonder if that's average. Like, how long does a scene normally take? So I went to Twitter and I asked the Twitterverse what um, what the average duration of one of their roleplay scenes would be in a, in a game. And the options I gave were under a minute, a couple of minutes, over five minutes, and over 10 minutes. And more than 50% of the people who voted said over 10 minutes. And uh, quite a few people... I think misunderstood the question because when I looked at their responses, it was often something around the lines of, oh, well, we roleplay all game. Or, oh, we're always in character. Which is fantastic, like, if that's, if that's the case. However, it wasn't exactly the question I was asking, um, which was more of, you know, do you, like, when you have a scene, how long is that scene? And it made, it made me wonder... Maybe we're special in the way that we roleplay and having these like vignette style scenes, or maybe I should have been more clear in the way that I, I phrased my poll. But either way, I think talking about roleplay scenes and like making a good scene and the contents of a scene could be an interesting topic of conversation for our episode today. I don't know, Chris, if you had any other thoughts uh, stemming from that Twitter poll or if you want to dive right yeah, into it. Maybe some, I don't know if that's clarification, but like, I know there's some talking, like uh, DM Lair talks about a lot about like, oh, role-playing is the whole game. It's not the talky-talky bits he calls or something like that. Like it's talky-talky bits is something and role-play is everything. Like we're not going semantic here. Like role-play scenes. Like it's literally yeah. like if you think of like a TV show, there's a scene and then it stops and then there's another scene right or a theater or whatever so that that's what we're talking about it is i guess mostly like talky talky they could be some other things like it could be like they're walking into a room and as a game master i describe things and the scene continues and they talk while i describe what they see like that could be a scene so it's not necessarily just talking it's more like the interaction from a to z mm -hmm. um and maybe something else to mention just to get it out of the way is the fact that we kind of talked about this from a different angle before and something we've mentioned often, maybe too often on this channel, on this channel is the, um, the pufferfish moments. Here we're not really talking about this pufferfish moment. If you've been listening and you, you, you've listened to it, is kind of like how to structure it at your table to 
help the communication to like the beginning, the end of a scene. So that might be interesting, but like today we're really focusing on the content and almost like the motivation of a scene and not really like how to structure it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. We're almost assuming that you have something at your table that works, whether it's yeah. a tool like the Pufferfish Moments or something else, or you don't have anything at all and you're just, you know, you're bouncing scenes off of one another without any structure. But today's episode is very much about the contents of a scene, the contents, the duration, all of that, like the the, the meat and potatoes, if you will, of, of a roleplay scene. Yeah, and here we're assuming that you are using scenes. So I guess the first thing is, why are we using scenes? Why I think it's a good thing, like we think it's a good thing, that otherwise we wouldn't do this. But like, what, like you said something before, like, oh, maybe you just stay in character the whole game. Um, we are not doing that. I, it, it sounds tedious to me. Um, it sounds harder to have a levity. Um, like, you know, like funny moment at the table out of character. So I, I, w I would miss it. So I guess for me, let's, let's jumpstart it. One of the, one of the, the reason why I, I love that we're having scenes that it gives space between the scenes to uh, be in real life, I guess. Yeah, no, I and I think you touched on something interesting there, Chris, and we talked a little bit about it, I forget when, but we had an episode where we talked about uh, the balance between being in first person and being in third person. Um, narration, I think. Yeah. yeah, narrations of your character and that kind of thing. And, and I think these scenes also enable that, right? If, if you're always in character, it becomes tricky to find that balance, but when... You turn the roleplay on, you're in a scene, you can like build up some descriptions of what your character is doing, jump into the first person narration, jump out a little bit, and then maybe close out the scene. It it kind of gives like um it kind of helps organize the roleplay in a nice, tidy way. And then, like you said, gives these moments of levity where if you want to joke around outside of your character, you can. Um, if you want to joke around, even even as your character, you can. But it's not like the spotlight's not on you, so it feels it feels more natural. Um, yeah, I don't. Are we clear enough? You think with like what we mean by a scene? Uh, maybe we can. Maybe we can make it super explicit. Let's. We like making things explicit. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I think it's um, obvious, I'll, but sometimes when you're in it, it's hard to tell, right? Yeah, so maybe I'll start with a quick, what I consider a scene to be. And to me, the scene is, like you mentioned in, in the intro, Chris, it's like you're watching a movie or you're watching a TV show and the camera pans to a specific set of characters. The camera will pan those characters, two, three, four characters are in the shot and they address something. They talk about something together as characters. You know, the, the atmosphere is part of that scene. The, what the, like the movements and the body language of the characters, that's part of the scene. And definitely what they're saying is part of the scene. And then when it fades to black, it goes away. To me, that's what a scene is on TV. And that's what we're trying to replicate, I think, in our roleplay scenes at our table. Does that kind of meet the descriptive for yeah, you? Yeah, no, I, I think so. Yeah, and we could, I mean, we could add things like... You mentioned it, you touched a little bit on it. Like, we, we like to start the scene with a little bit of description of, like, setting up the, the, the scene. Like, in a TV show, they would show you the room, maybe, like, a, like you know, wider shot, and then they would go closer. And, and at the end, we're trying also to, like, um, I, wrap up the scene. The, it doesn't end up at a weird, like, in the middle of a sentence, obviously. Or it doesn't like die down. So we're going to talk about length of scenes a little bit more later. But like, so it's it's actually hard to manage to do a like you know if you're a filmmaker you can edit after right you can you mm -hmm. can you can film longer you can do three three takes and then oh that was the best reaction obviously this is all improv uh, but we do come to a scene most of the time at least one player come with a goal and it's not just a, like a random just like totally improvised i mean it's improvisation with uh, a goal in mind so that that is an important i think thing that comes with scenes is having 
a reason why you're having this season. You mentioned that before too. So, uh, mm-hmm. and the length does vary. And, and it's funny because uh, in on the on Twitter, you um, people said like, "Oh, we're doing this the whole game." First, impossible. Like, I believe it's literally impossible to do like a scene for two hours. Like, that's not gonna happen. So, um, but at the same time. It is uh, it is interesting because your timings were like less than a minute, one minute. I don't remember if you said it before, but like, yeah, basically it was like we assume it's probably going to be less than ten than ten minutes, which to me makes total sense with our table. So um, I don't know if we want to talk about length right now. I, I guess I'm going into length. Or did you have an, an, something else to say? No, well, I mean, so we wanted to set out the definition, or at least make it oh, clear yeah. to people listening, right? What a what a scene was. I think we got, I think we got that. Yeah. Um. So maybe, yeah, let's let's talk about like the components of a scene. Uh, oh yeah. One of which is length. Mm-hmm. Um. I skipped subject. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we should talk about subject first. I think that that's important because that'll that'll definitely educate the people in the scene how long it should be. I think. Yeah. Um, so, so, and maybe instead of sounding too like, um, like a teacher, like us being teachers to, to the listeners, I wonder uh, if we could talk a little bit about our experiences too, right? Like, Chris, for you, a scene, what is a good scene? What's your favorite duration of a scene and, and favorite types of content? <laughs> like, personally, for you as a game master or as a player, what is like an A plus scene? Uh, I mean, I'm going to be a bit selfish, I guess, but like, as when I'm the game master, what I love is when uh, two players, I'm not even in it, two players or more have an interaction about something that happened in the game that is <clears throat> not life changing necessarily, but like emotionally impactful in the way that like it, they need to address it for it to make sense. And we talked about it, I mean, probably years ago now on, on the podcast where I, I was a bit complaining about like my players, you know, someone dies and they're not really, they're just not really interacting with that subject. They're just like moving past, past it. And they like internalize it of like how they feel about it, but they don't really make it explicit right yeah. now. We're almost having the opposite problem where everybody is making everything explicit. So it slows down. But as a selfish game master, I love seeing everybody interacts with like, Oh, we found your sister. How do you feel about it? And da, 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 and and what you what were you gonna do? And blah blah blah. And then having those deep talk moments. Yeah, I, I love it. And in terms of length, I would say I don't know five to seven minutes. And because these are deep talk, that like that's yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. How about you? I'm gonna be selfish too, and I'm gonna go from the player's perspective because I haven't game mastered a game in a little while, but. I, I really like it when a scene... I'm going to start with the duration. I like, I like deep scenes, but I like the scene to be not too heavy. Like, I, I, I want it to be kind of light, and then something happens where it's like... It, almost like a reveal. Like, to me, that's, those are the best scenes, where it's like... It starts off with two characters or three characters. They're sitting around the fire. They're having a conversation. And then something comes up. Like, something gets triggered where one of the characters talks about something that's, like, intense. And setting that up, like, I can really appreciate that. Where, like, I'm trying to think of a moment where it's happened in one of our games. And they're kind of far, few and far between. Um, well, what wasn't the one with Salvador when like you guys were chatting about something else? He's like, "Yeah, my mentor died. Like I had, I helped him, like burn himself or whatever." Yeah, but and you, but you it, were but like, they, "Whoa!" But they can't be. They can't be. Um, like in that instance, I felt like I hadn't passed the ball yet. Oh yeah, okay. I, like, I, I felt like, and, and it was it was still a good scene, but like I like when you get to watch the setup happened where it's like one character is talking to another character and they like, maybe I'm being too like, <laughs> uh, too meta here, but like the person, the, the player knows that the other character wants to talk about, let's say, uh, finding their sister or, or like right now in our game, a little bit of context, one of our player characters, they found their long lost sister and she's pregnant with a baby that 
she might not want to keep. And this conversation is, it's like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a deep thing to talk about. And the player character involved, Otis, doesn't really want to talk about this. Like, he, he's kind of like skirting the subject. What would be a really, really cool scene would be for two people to talk to Otis, or one person to talk to Otis, and to bring up just the right thing that makes him spill the beans. And I'm not exactly sure what that is. Maybe it's, maybe it's like, uh, you know, something about this baby or something about his sister. But like, for somebody to figure out just the right thing as a player and then have their character say it, maybe like by accident or something, and then have Otis then reveal like, no, ah, oh, that frustrates me so much. She just can't have this baby. I'm going to do something about it. And then like, that would be that would be like a oh, a plus scene where like it just got sussed out of the character and like the players found a way to make the characters bring it up if if that makes sense yeah no reveals that can even like surprise <laughs> the player that like i wasn't going to say that but because of how it went i kind of have to it makes sense for my character to reveal that information that i wanted to keep for myself for some reason yeah, no, that that is cool. That is, uh, but it it is. I mean, that's an ambitious scene right there. Right? That, that's, that oh is, yeah, mm -hmm. that's like to a make big it, plus scene. That's, yeah, that's a hard and, one to get. And we're, I'm not saying it's hard to spill the beans because that's the easiest thing. But it's hard to make it to make it organic. To make it mm -hmm. like, especially something big like that, which is like you know maybe Otis is being selfish with like his opinion about his sister's child or whatever but he might still have one you know and you guys don't know the whole context of why that is and we're not going to go deeper into that but like mm -hmm. um it's uh yeah it's a that's that's a hard one so maybe we can talk about the subject like like you said so we we talk about uh reveal scenes a scene where you reveal something uh these are hard to pull off in the vacuum i feel you know, yeah. like if if you haven't player to player, not character to character, but like player to player, if you haven't telegraphed, like said, like I want, I want to talk about this thing. Maybe like probe a little bit, and then you you might keep the actual information secret to have the real like impact, but almost to help someone pass you the ball so you can make the goal. Damn, yeah. I think that is one way of doing reveal, which otherwise yeah. can be... You'll wait a long time to have the right moment to do a reveal if that's what you're waiting for, I think. Yeah, and, and I don't mean to, like... I hope people listening are like, oh, okay, then I should never reveal anything until I get the perfect pass. Don't, because it's better. you're better off revealing it than not revealing it. I think it, it pushes the, the narrative forward. But uh, I agree with you, Chris. I, I think what can make for a good reveal is to have one or two scenes prior to the reveal that prelude it that explain the importance of, of, a, of, you know, of an upcoming decision that you have to make or uh, that, that showcase that something is... Like, what could be even interesting, I think, is to have two characters have a scene with each other about how another character is facing a dilemma. You know, if, if you have two characters have a conversation about a third party that's not present saying something like, oh, wow, I wonder what he's going to do. It's a really big, you know, it's a big exam that he has to pass to become a priest. I, I really hope he's going to do well. By, by having those two other characters talk about it, it also helps make the bomb drop a little bit better when, when the reveal happens. Uh, that's not exactly a reveal, but it's, it's still, you know, it's like, oh, I passed my test, I'm a priest now, or, or when characters show concern about another character's behavior, then when that character reveals why they have that behavior in the first place, it also gives more gravity to that. Um, yeah, and on top of that, it creates that web of caring, I guess, where, like, if mm -hmm. the only time people address the choice that... I don't know, let's say a priest has to choose to leave his order because he's not, uh, 
he doesn't like the values or something happened or stay with it to try to change it from within. So that's the that's the choice he has to make. And he's really conflicted about it. If the only time people talk about it is when he brings it up, that sounds like someone who just wants to talk about his thing and people don't really care. But yeah. the second that two other people, not that character, talk about it, they're like, what do you think he's going to do? I don't know, man. He's think he's going to quit it. I think, I think he's going to leave. And he was like, really? And then like, you have this scene. It's, it's so fun for the other character to see like, Oh, that's what, you know, the, the actual priest character, uh, player, yeah. sorry, can actually see like, Oh, I'm, I'm sending waves and people are picking on it and are doing things with it. And it creates that, that, that web of everybody caring about everything, which is to be fair, also, a problem if you have too much of it which is what's happening in the table everybody does everybody so it like yeah then it becomes like almost exponential of like you can have as many scenes as you can continue infinitely um for a long time which to it brings the other thing that i want to mention is you do not have to have a scene about everything right mm -hmm. it's like you need to come with the subject and it's not because you have a subject that you should necessarily have a scene. You should also ask yourself, am I the right person to address this? Is there someone else? Uh, you know, is there something more important? And like, you'll have to let go of some, some things, you know? It's not because you have a reaction that it needs to be in the frame of a scene. You know, like if you think of a TV series, it could be just a comment in another scene, not necessarily a, a whole like five minute thing. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I think, if, if I may, I'm going to dive a little bit more on what you said about, are you the right character to be having that scene? Are you the right person to be having that scene? And I think what makes a character the right character, or at least an interesting character to have a scene about something, is if they have a different opinion about it. And I, mm. especially if it's something that, you know, is polarizing, it's far more interesting for two characters to have a scene about something where they disagree, than, and then eventually you know, push past their disagreement than to just have two characters sit there and be like, oh, you're doing that? That's good. Okay, like, I support that. I mean, th there's still room for those moments of, like, supporting one another. You still need that. It's a team game, quote-unquote. It's a party. They, they fight together. But if it's everybody always agreeing about everything all the time, it's not as interesting, right? So that's, that's one thing that can indicate to you whether or not your character should be involved. If they have an opinion that is strong enough you know, don't just go into it with ambivalence. Um, and then I think another piece that's also equivalent or relevant is if your character has something to add to, the, to, to, to that moment. You know, if, if the roleplay scene that's going to happen is about the death of an NPC that was like the mentor to one character, if your mentor was killed... Well, then it's relevant for you to talk about that and like try to help them through that moment by bringing up your your character's background. But if if there's nothing like that in your backstory, there's nothing like you don't have a you don't even have a mentor. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're not the right person to have that scene. If that makes sense. So finding parallels with your character's experiences that can shed an interesting perspective on the experience that's being broadcast through the scene if you will yeah no that's great i, I agree with that and and i kind of want to as you were talking i i want to use what you just said and, and bring it back a little bit to like the different kind of scenes like when you talked about having opposite i i think um it's a relate like i'm not a neuropsych psychologist or whatever it's, it's <laughs> but like i've li i listened to one right now and he's talking about like um the the quality of a discussion is mm. is in linked with like how intimate you are with that person so if your relationship is strong you can talk about harder things that that's the kind of the how do you call it the summary of it let's say yeah, and yeah. um so you mentioned like the whole like be of opposites or like have something to add that is maybe different and that is assuming your characters know each other well enough that it's not going to create like a break in the group first. And two, I think these are the scenes that we call growth scenes where like someone comes with a different point of view. And then 
someone will have to, and not have to, but like there's a high potential for someone to change their mind or someone to grow or to express their opinion. So it can help the relationship. It can, it can also hurt the relationship, like I just said. It can uh, really evolve the emotion relating to that event that they're talking about. And it can even like change the perspective to uh, like affect the whole motivation of a character. Um, so that is when you come with the purpose of like, I have an opposite point of view that I want to bring up and address. If you take the other one where you said um, you have the same point of view, it's not that that much interesting, that, that interesting, it's not something new. Well, I think then it comes to what we call mundane scenes, right? Where it's like, it's a scene that is almost a filler scene, um, a light scene where it's we're around the fire and someone is showing um, support. Well, it doesn't take seven minutes to show support, mm -hmm. right? These are almost like we assume they are there. Sometimes it's good to make them explicit. And that's these scenes, mundane scenes should be um, a little bit shorter. I don't know, maybe do you, do you want to talk a little bit more about mundane scenes? I think there's a yeah, lot to say, yeah, but I don't want I... to just ramble. And, and I think mundane scenes are actually kind of, I don't want to call them dangerous, but there's, there's something you have to be careful about when entering into a mundane scene. Because if the other player or players are not on the same page that what you're about to enter is going to be a mundane scene, then you could have a scene that drags on. Um, do, you want to, do you want to just establish what a mundane scene is? Oh, yes, you... sure. Sorry. Yeah, so I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> A mundane scene, like Chris alluded to, uh, you know, to me is a scene, or, or I think to both of us, is a scene that has a little bit less involved. It's usually about something that can be easily said, can be easily interpreted, doesn't last a whole, you know, doesn't last a very long time, but they're still necessary, I think, for the game because it helps create. Um, it helps create a moment between two characters. It can be something like sitting by the campfire, traveling on the road on horseback, watching stars, you know, as you're guarding the camp or whatever. And it's kind of the equivalent of like you and your buddy grabbing a beer and just talking about the weather. It's not very interesting, but every now and then, you know, th those two people still, by talking about something that's relatively mundane, learn more about one another, and it showcases in the context of the game that these two characters are spending time together, that they like one another, that they're growing a relationship with each other. Even if it's not as explicit as the growth scenes where you have a divergent opinion and there's like a conflict that gets resolved, here you're just kind of showing what I guess everybody's going to presume is going to be status quo. Like, okay, they're getting along, that's status quo. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that about the Monday. Oh, I think it's good. I mean, there's a lot of... <clears throat> often there's funny moments too. There's, yeah. uh, it's, it's just... Uh, yeah, it's small talk a little bit like what you said, but also just... Almost. It, sometimes it, it, you it, establish cool stuff, right? Like, yeah, that's 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 surprisingly where I feel we had a lot of character development that is not like emotion, but more like almost like backstory stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you just talk about we just chat about our family, and it's not like this big emotional thing. It's just like, yeah, my brother's always been picking on me, and like, you know, it's not like I'm not. Like, Scarred about it is just like something I can mention now because we're talking about family, mm -hmm. and so you had the one good one with uh, one of the character Luthier last game where we were just talking about like basically that. What's your what's your goal for the future? Like what's what do you want to do? And it's not like you're on the camp campfire drinking uh, alcohol and you guys were just chatting about that. And it it took the time it took, and then after that it's done, and we've learned a little bit about everybody, and yet there hasn't been this big like emotional change except that we understand that the relationship is now stronger just by spending time and agreeing with each other i guess or seeing each yeah. other yeah yeah no exactly um and it's funny you bring that scene up because i went into that not expecting it to be a mundane scene um <laughs> which comes I, back to your point right <laughs> yeah exactly i i went into it uh, expecting to have a really serious conversation, actually, 
about Luthier who was getting himself involved with the going back to 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 and, and people listening it might be hard for you to follow here but basically there's two characters one that's an npc and one that is his sister and i as a as a third party seeing this relationship get built up i wanted to see it get built up more where whereas luthier was getting himself involved and he was having fun getting himself involved but i wanted my character to make it clear to him like you know they haven't seen each other in a really long time maybe give them some give them some space and i wanted to have that conversation where i like talk to him about that and maybe do one of those scenes where we're talking about a different character while he's not there yeah that was that was my intention but the the ambiance of like us being around the campfire and then luthier started talking about like he had this hunting ritual with his family i was like okay you know what i'm gonna let it go let's just have a mundane scene i tried to i tried to like bring up the thing that i was trying to talk about anyway in a more uh nonchalant light-hearted way and then it kind of like i i think it still achieved the same objective where i brought it up but anyway so that's, no, um, but I think I think I just want to mention because I think it's a good uh, learning example of uh, you you adjusted to what the other person was seeing, and obviously we're not like oh we are gonna have a mundane scene now, so we don't necessarily know, but it's about the vibe you adjusted to his vibe, but you did at the end say like oh whatever I was just coming to tell you that maybe you should talk to Otis about his sister before like moving too forward, and he's and the other one was like oh I guess you're right. And it's almost like when you want to, you want to address something to one with one of your buddy, but it just you're taking your beer, so you're just like, you know, saying it and passing, and the other one's like, yeah, I guess you're right, I'll think about it, and so it was a good first moment, and which is weird because it it was a mundane scene. You also had a little bit of growth because you passed that information, and I feel like it almost was a preluding scene because it was preluding Luthier asking. Otis, like asking mm. the third player about his sister. So it was, yeah, it was mundane because the discussion, the setup was mundane. There was a uh, an ele- a new element which could be taking as growth and preluding is, I guess, a, a third type, which is um, preluding what is going to happen later. So to build expectation, and we have an episode on preluding, but like to build expectation of that decision we're talking mm. about or that discussion or that event so that when it happens, it doesn't come out of the blue, and also people have been expecting it and looking forward to it. Yeah, and and I think now that you you say that, and and by all means, I agree with you. That scene it ended up actually being, while it wasn't my objective, ended up being I think a pretty solid scene on its own. Um, mm. But I think looking back on it, you're exactly right. If if a player wants something out of a scene or has a certain expectation about the tone of the scene if it's going to be a growth scene or if it's going to be serious or emotional or building rapport or whatever i think player uh, the third person narration of your character as they approach the scene is extremely important i should have said something like you know if i wanted it to be a serious conversation maybe i should have said something like oh you see you see uh, Diedrich kind of nervously approach you. He looks kind of flustered and a little bit upset. Like he's got something on his mind. Maybe. I don't know. I, I forget exactly. The, Your state of mind. <laughs> my state of mind at that time. But, you know, if, if it's, if it's going to be something that's deep and heavy to talk about, you should describe your character like that when you initiate the scene so that the other player can pick up on it. Because I... I I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't give him a clue that I was trying to come up with something serious. I said, I sit down beside you, open up a drink, and we're ta- you know, we're having dinner. So it, it kind of, the setup was mundane, and therefore the rest of the scene, the inertia of the scene was going to be to stay mundane unless somebody did something about it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um... I like what you're saying about narration as the setup. And I think in that scene, I'm the one who set it up because we just had order food in real life. So you guys oh. were eating, <laughs> right? You guys were eating. So I was just like, oh, so we come back. And you told me, like, I'd like to have a scene with uh, Luthier, which which we do. We explicitly might say, like, I want to have a scene. And often it's to the Game Master who will try to organize it in the 
in what he sees at timing and stuff like that. Uh, and then the food arrived, and uh, so I was like, we go back to Luthier and Diedrich, who are having food around the campfire, just because I didn't want you to have to stop eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, I probably maybe I set it up in a way that it kind of made it mundane, where that's maybe not the, the idea. And I think I felt it when you started, like, you started, like, slowly, and you, I, I felt you tried to ramp it up, where it was, because it was harder because of the, like, food setup or whatever. Mm. Anyway, I, th I thought it was it good scene and sometimes it's good to be a little bit like off balance to see how your character will react if because it's not the exact setup maybe you wanted um oh yeah, yeah. no i it was fun and and i think we're i i want the listeners to it be very clear to the listeners that i i don't want it to sound like mundane scenes are not good i don't want you guys to for it to sound like i was trying to get out of a mundane scene mundane scenes are extremely important i think they have a very val valuable place in the game because, like we said, they help characters bond, they help set kind of like a status quo that's really important um, and create good character growth. And I, and I think, I think, you know, most scenes, whether they be mundane or not, are are, should result in some kind of change. To me, that's kind of like the... the one of the core values that I go into a scene with. I'm going into a scene with one thing and I want to come out of it having said something, having done something, having interacted in a way that is going to make something happen. Whether it be, like we said, we, we already talked about growth. We already talked about um, preluding. Um, did we talk about emotions yet? Chris? No, I mean, I mean, no, I, I kind of included it in growth, but uh, we didn't jump in too deep in like emotions. So if you want to, yeah, I, I think that's another one that, again, this is going to be a longer scene. It's going to be a little bit more serious scene, but I, I think it's never a bad idea for a character to express their feelings about something, whether usually in reaction to something. I think is is a good way to is a good way to do it. So in reaction to an event in the game or in reaction to something that another character did, you express an emotion that's like serious, you, you know, not just lukewarm. You should be like, this thing really upset me. I'm, I'm having nightmares about it. I, I don't know what to do. It's, it's, it's really, it's in my brain and I can't get it out or something, you know, something to that effect because it creates something to have a scene about. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think one way of organically doing this, like, is is someone else asking you, right? Which is yeah. sometimes the difficult part. But I, I know some, if you guys are watching uh, Critical Role, that's something they do all the time. Every time there's a little bit of space, they're like, they go to the person who had the most, maybe, like, involvement in the current events. And they're like, how do you feel about it? That's literally what they do. And then the other one has the space to do what you just said of like talking about like you know what this thing this event that happened last yeah yesterday really shook me to my core and then the person can address it and so so asking how people and this is part of being gift giving uh giving mm -hmm. the space for because otherwise if you just want to say it it's gonna be weird a little bit like if you come to a scene and you're like unless it's confrontational like you're like i'm angry with you about it yeah then sure but you know that's harder to pull off player to player, uh, but yeah, I'll keep. I'll, I'll let you finish about emotions. So you come in the scene with that emotion. Yeah, yeah, and I actually I think what you said is 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 interesting. I think if there's one takeaway everybody should be getting out of this episode is ask each other how your characters feel about stuff more often. Um, and and I think even if you didn't have a feeling about it, like let's say there's a scene. Uh, you just saved some prisoners from the cellars of a old abandoned building. You saved them. You're running off, and somebody asks you how you feel about that. If your character doesn't have an opinion, now they do, and it yeah. you know like whether you had thought of the opinion or not, just pick something and go with it. Don't just be like, ah, oh, we saved them. Let's get them out of here. Good, and like dismiss it. Take that opportunity. They're handing you a silver platter to grow your character and maybe it's not exactly the way you wanted it to be but i think 
that's going to add a cool dimension to your character that you would have never thought otherwise to do. Um, so yeah, just lean into an emotion, be excited about it, be be angry about it, be sad, saddened by it. Um, you want revenge to save those prisoners, you know, to, to prevent that from happening again. And why do you want revenge? Well, maybe now you have an affiliation to the, you know, the group that was imprisoned. I don't know. But you need to you need to improvise with it and roll with the punches, I think, to, for the scenes to be um, for the scenes to be valuable. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think something I, I want to mention too is we've been talking a lot about player players, but as a game master, all of these are the same exact thing. Yeah. Any non-player character you have, they can be part of the mundane, mundane scene, growth, preluding reveals, or you know, emotional change. Often there's the whole like you know, and there the reveal was probably more present for the game master because. You have a lot of NPC that has exposition or information for the plot to move forward. So that might happen more often. And sometimes for me, that's something I don't say I struggle with, but like I feel like I have so much reveal scenes because you guys ask NPCs what you want to know. Like they have information mm -hmm. that sometimes I do not have the because I don't want to always be talking to do those more mundane ones. So often the mundanes are almost kept for the players to keep like the day-to-day -day, where then PCs are there to <clears throat> jump in with information. Um, but for long-lasting NPCs, sometimes you'll, we'll have like, I'll, I'll jump in in a mundane scene or something like that. But keep in mind uh, if you're a game master that, or even a player that to incorporate these, like ask an NPC how they feel about something is as important than to ask a player. Obviously, it might be a little bit more short-lived, might last the two games that the NPC's around, uh, or the 30 minutes that the NPC's around, but where a player is long-lasting, yeah. but it still might get you somewhere interesting. And, and the converse is true, right? I, I think as a game master, you can leverage your NPCs to help generate moments like this, especially if you're at a table where you're not maybe you're not as lucky as us and you you know your players don't don't ramble on for scenes all night long <laughs> if if you want there to be scenes like that it's i think it's it's part of the game master's responsibility to try and spark those moments you know have a moment where there's two players and an npc and they're in a scene and have the npc turn to one of the player characters and ask them how they feel about something and then by virtue of it being a, th you know, there's three people in the in the conversation. You now helped generate that player to player interaction, and maybe that was the push that those two players needed to be able to have that conversation. You know, they they just needed to see you do it, and then once they see how amazing a scene it, it is, if they like that and they want to keep doing it, they might have a few more tools in their toolbox to do it on their own next time. Um, if that makes makes sense. Yes, and um. I think I think I'd like to talk about roleplay task here. Do you have anything you want to? Let's do it. Good? Role play tasks. Uh, yeah. So we talked. We had an episode about roleplay task, which was an attempt to systematize um, the subject, the content of scenes. So we're not going to go into details uh, here. If you want to watch it, it was kind of like a here's our first pitch. We're going to try it. So mm -hmm. I guess right now I'd like to do a. <laughs> an update. Uh, you don't need a whole video for it, and I think it fits well with what we're saying here. So, roleplay task, uh, the way we use it right now, are uh, basically sentences that someone uh, will uh, will have, which will be like, Diedrich wants to have a, a scene with Luthier about his uh, goal for the future. Let, let's... It, it doesn't need to keep to, to stay at a really strict structure, but like something like that. And what we have right now is almost like a bulletin board where uh, people, each player can put their scene, their subject, their role play tasks. And that is what can be used to, uh, to start scene. So that is kind of a way to make uh, those subjects explicit. And someone can look at the list and be like, oh, cool, Diedrich wants to talk about um, his growth and power lately. 
And he might like Diedrich did not write to whom he wants to talk to about it. Just said he wants to talk to about it. And then uh, some other player sees it and like, oh, I have something to add. A bit of what we said before, like, oh, I'm the right player to tackle this subject uh, for mm -hmm. that character. So, and then it's done <clears throat> organically in the scene. So that way you don't have to always like ask people, oh, can you ask me this? Can you ask me that? You just drop the idea on the bulletin board and um, whatever happens, happens. Some ideas are not picked up and then they vanish a little bit. And some ideas grow out in multiple scenes. And that's also cool. Um, I we, think even we... having them up, right? Like, even if they don't get addressed, it's like a little insight into, oh, that character has been worrying about that. And even if it doesn't happen, maybe we could, we could come to an agreement at our table, Chris, that when, when a roleplay scene expires, or, you know, it, it, does, it takes a couple of weeks and there's nothing that happens and it disappears off the table, just because we didn't act it out doesn't mean that that character wasn't noticeably concerned about something or that they didn't make a passing remark, you know, throughout, throughout travel or whatever. We didn't explicitly have a scene, but we could internalize that as canon, perhaps. Um, or at least that's how I've been, you know, whenever we were playing online and we had a little bulletin board and I wanted to have a scene, I'd kind of read all of them and I'd be like, oh, okay, that's what that person's doing. Like, that's what that character's got going on right now. And even if I didn't, address it or it never got addressed by a different character it it kind of helped me understand the frame of mind of some of the other characters so i i think it's a it's a good way to do it it's not too too rigid either which is nice um, yeah we tried a bunch of things with rewards and stuff which um we removed basically but this bulletin board i think from what i love about it and maybe that's the game master perspective is the fact that, you know, I tend to do summaries of, like, events at the beginning of a game of, like, oh, you guys found this, and you're there, and you... And almost even sometimes goals, like, oh, you said you wanted to go to that house, then, next step. And people are like, okay, cool, we're going. But it doesn't set up the individual state of minds of characters. Well, a little bit what you said, when you read this, it's almost this summary. Like, it helps pick... Uh, start at the moment where we were last time, if if this mm -hmm. is updated correctly, where um, you know, oh, that person is frustrated with something. That other person is motivated by this objective. And and then it becomes easier to start scenes. And everybody also, for your own character, I assume, helps you get back into the state of mind that you were last game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, it's a cool tool. Uh, it's it's a bookkeeping tool, which is not to everybody's um, favor. I guess like not everybody likes to do this. I love this, but as the game master, sometimes I I do have a hard time asking the players to like always like go check your roleplay tasks, go update them. You know, um, especially now that we're not online. Online, it was very easy on Roll Twenty. There was like a, a page, and I would just say like update your roleplay task, and it would be done the fluctuation between in real life and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I might buy an actual bulletin board. No, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, having a whiteboard that is just dedicated to that and people, when they come in before they sit down, they write something or as they're leaving, they write something. It, it could be an interesting way to do that. Because um, a lot of players, I think, I don't know if you do this, but I know uh, the guy who plays Otis does it. Um, he has a bunch in his little notebook of his thing, but then other people don't necessarily see it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the way I do it, the way the way I generate scenes for myself is I'll write things almost like the opposite of a roleplay scene, right? Like a, a roleplay task scene is something that I want people to come to me with. The ones that I tend to write in my notebook are things that I'm... Like, I've earmarked as something that would be interesting for me to bring up to another character. So if, if I'm having a scene with another character and then they talk about uh, they talk about their master who fought a demon and then died, I'll be like, oh, that's pretty cool, but I'm not going to talk to you about this now. The next time we're fighting a demon, or the next time somebody sees their master, or the next time there's something relevant, I have like a little checkbox where it's like, go talk to this guy about his master. 
And so it's it's more of like a reverse, whereas the way that I would make my roleplay task scenes, if there was a big whiteboard up there, I would say something like, uh, somebody talked to Diedrich about his, uh, about seeing Bianca, his, his like makeshift master for the first time in a long time, or somebody talked to me about how I'm feeling after having this crazy vision of something, you know, like, it's more yeah, role, centered around me. <laughs> yeah, role play, role play tasks are asks, right? You yeah. ask things for that you want. It's kind of like, I guess it, it's. I think most table treat scenes like gift, and it's okay. like I'm, I'm, I'm. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, I guess like if if you're if you're setting up scenes, usually it's like what you said. Like you write, oh, I'll go talk to that person about it. So you're like, I think that person wants that. I think they want a new coffee maker. I'm going to buy them a new coffee maker. But roleplay tasks are them making a list of the actual thing they want to they wanna talk yeah. about. Maybe they don't want a coffee maker. Maybe they want a lamp for their bed. And you're like, I never thought, I would never thought that about that because I, I never saw their bedroom and I didn't realize that. But they are in their own house slash head. That metaphor is good yet still falling apart. But... <laughs> It's like, you know, they're, it's like a wish list. Uh, That's why you that. only buy people gift cards, Chris. Then they can buy what yes. they Yes, yes. Well, so that means you come <laughs> to a scene and you're just like, hi, guys, would you want about? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the, how do you feel about this? That's the yeah. gift card of scenes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's a quote right there. You should tweet that. <laughs> a good it's a good mm. one-liner um but yeah no scenes scenes are fun and i think we talked about a lot of different types of scenes right i, I don't know if you have mm. any other ones that you want to touch on chris but we talked about growth scenes emotional scenes mundane scenes preluding scenes i'm sure the list could probably go on forever oh yeah for sure yeah no no i, I think so maybe let's boil it down maybe let's go to like our summary let's boil it down i think so there's there's a couple of things we need to address. First, why do we do scenes? I think this the fact of like start, middle, and then end is very good for narrative. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so it's I like breaking down every interaction like this, which creates what we call a scene. Like it it starts and it, it ends. It's not a continuum of like blah blah blah. It's really it it gives structure. Then how many people are in it might affect exactly like the dynamic of it this is more structured this is what we said is not really the goal of this this uh, yeah. discussion but like come in that structure of beginning middle and end with an objective in mind objective being like we said maybe grow the relationship uh, reveal an information uh move your motive show your motivation ask the people how they're feeling it can just be that just like let's address this and if that person is lowing like engagement is low like um i don't know how i feel about it yet i'm a bit conflicted and you know like they're stopping and they don't want it to go too much mm -hmm. it's fine you don't you just like oh okay and we'll address that later you you started it you're preluding maybe that the fact that this person is on a journey to process that information so um yeah come with the motivation and once you have that that's going to give you a lot of information but like you did with uh, the scene we talked before, it's important to be fine with changing your, like you came with a motivation, like a goal, something you wanted to do. Well, maybe you won't get to do it, but at least you came prepared. Yeah, and, and, and I think to build on that, Chris, it's the scene is an interaction between multiple characters, multiple players, playing multiple characters so you you know despite going into it with a certain perspective and a certain objective that you're trying to achieve it's a team game it's a team sport if you will if i can make the analogy so you know you pass the ball around you see what comes out of it and if you score you score if the other player scores they score and and sometimes you're not going to score at all so i think just at least set yourself up with this objective it gives you something to strive towards in your scene and um and then end the scene when it's done. You know, uh, we didn't talk too much about how to end the scenes, but I feel like normally if, if you've met one of the objectives that the players are trying to 
come up with or or bring up in that scene, you can end the scene. You can you can have your character enter third person description, say, okay, my character goes back to their book and they keep reading and they kind of nod to the others and you know they 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 stick their nose in their book and that showcases that you're done you're done the interaction and the I guess to go back to why these scenes are so much fun and so important is that you can do so many of these in a night. You can do a bunch of them and you can cover so much ground. You can bounce between topics. You can bounce between characters. You can really move things along and touch on a variety of subjects more so than just staying in character all night and having one two and a half hour scene. Um, so, so yeah, so that's that's that and and based on you know what the atmosphere ends up being that's how you're going to adjust your length if it turns out that it's just a mundane scene you know make sure that everybody at the table's on the same page and that a mundane scene it's probably going to end in two or three minutes it starts to get deeper and you know you, you start coming up with topics that are more emotional or conf- there's co- conflict like at, at their core it's a more of a conflict between two characters or three characters then you're going into the five 10 minute territory but more than that i start to reevaluate i personally i would start to reevaluate whether or not my scene had unnecessary fat in it and could be trimmed down anything that's 30 minutes long is too long like that's i think we can say with confidence that it's too long yeah Um, unless it's unless it's like planning in character with reveals through it (laughs) like you know like someone would be like oh i know this and you know it's like i know that and then they're planning then reveals other information and then the game master does a little bit of description and then it's like a big scene unless it's just always being like a fire being fed wood of like let's keep the fire burning if it's the same wood it's supposed to die down and you have to stop before the fire's gone basically um yeah so um i think you're right focus on the objective again if if the objective is met you're probably done maybe you'd like one sentence to wrap up Especially what you said, I like the third person narration to kind of segue out of um it's kinda of like the narration is often the segue between out to in, right? You do it at the beginning, at the end. You can also do it during, but like it's it's it also be careful not doing it too much because doing it in the middle of a scene, we have a character we have a player that does that a lot. Um tend to break the emotion of the scene. Yeah. Like always can... always go back in narration. Kinda no, I, I agree with you there for sure. Um, so I mean, I think that covers. I think that covers scenes. Um, I don't know if you had anything else to talk about, Chris, but we're running close to the hour mark, so I think it's time to wrap up. No, I'm good. I mean, um, I think I think it's uh, it's it's a subject that is core to our hobby. Yeah, I mean, at least for us, I guess. I mean, there's infinite ways of playing role playing games, but like for us, this is when we say at the beginning. So we get better at role play together. This is almost what we mean. We've tried we like we structure puffer fish moment, role play tasks, the the content. Like this is all to improve that one part of the craft. Because like I feel like battle, a lot of people talk about it. Depends on the system, and it's also like I feel it doesn't need that much discussion about it. It's like a more like a board game. This is the place that is kind of abstract and it's. It's it's hard sometimes to pin down and to agree player to player how we're gonna do it. So that's why I'm a fan of structure to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at I think least we... come to an understanding, right? Like yeah. even just having this conversation with you now, Chris, makes me think that it might be valuable for us to talk about it at our table, just to say, hey, you know, have you guys realized or noticed that sometimes we have mundane scenes? And sometimes we have more serious scenes. I wonder if we should try to pay more attention to what kind of scene we're going into so that we can like match each other's tone, match each other's mood. Um, that might be a worthy conversation to have, you know, as a as an end of game debrief. I don't know. But yeah, I mean um, we talk for hours anyway, so that's that, that's definitely something to, to bring up. And uh I think I think it all comes down to listening, right? Listening yeah. to what the other person is coming with. And it's like real life, it's communication, right? It's like the, the, the base of everything. So yeah, cool. Well, uh, I had fun talking about this. I think it's it's kind of like stuff we've been talking about for almost like years, 
but to like synthesize, like put it in this format was was helpful to uh, to me to almost like clean the clutter a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I hope it was also useful for those of you listening. Um, if this is a topic that you want us to dive in deeper, or if you have scenes that you want to share with us that you thought were really, really cool and you really nailed the, uh, you know, a home run type of scene, feel free to reach out to us and let us know on Twitter. You can contact us at role underscore play underscore chat. Or we have an email that's contactroleplaychat at gmail.com. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you are starting or will start to have in real life play a little bit. We uh, we are rusty, but we're very much enjoying it thoroughly. So I hope you guys are too. Yeah, yeah. So happy gaming, everybody. And let's call it a chat. Yeah, it's it's slower because people are not as yeah. That's ça fait ça aussi l'été passé, right? C'est pas autant focused.